Welcome to Double Burst, a podcast about Dice Masters. We are a group of Utah players that want to bring you the latest Dice Masters news, strategies, tips, and more. Whether you're a new or seasoned player, we hope this show has something for you. I'm KT Data, one of your hosts, and welcome to episode 56. In this episode, we'll be talking about our 11th card, the super rare Steve Rogers, how to maintain a purchasing curve, and we wrap it up with our Origins recap. So let's kick it all off with our 11th card and the KO King. Okay, guys, we are back here with the KO King. How are you doing today, my friend? Good. How are you? Um, I'm excited because this is our 11th card, and the funny thing is, well, I want to tell you guys a little backstory for this. Um... We were doing our production meeting, trying to figure out what our 11th card would be. And this one was suggested. Um, and Dr. J was like, but our 11th card should be like a card that I want, you know, that you want to put on your team, but you just don't have room for, right? And he's like, this card, our super, the super rare Steve Rogers from Civil War, it's like, you know, he's good, but, you know, I'm, I always end up cutting it from our team, from my team. And we're like, uh, that's the definition of the left card segment, man. So um, what, what we're doing, if you guys didn't know, is the super rare Steve Rogers from Civil War. He's um, Steve Rogers, Iron Man of Earth. Uh, what is it? 10208 is whatever Earth universe that's in. I don't know. I always get them. Confused. It's not Earth one. Yeah, isn't 616 the main line? I don't even know. I'm just, whatever. He's a six-cost shield, um, limit max die one because he's a what-if character, and his ability is while active, whenever you would take damage, you may redirect up to two of that damage from each source to Steve Rogers. Um, So why is this an 11th card? Or why is actually this a good card to be even considered to be putting on a team? Uh, he, He is a great protector. I'll say this. He doesn't read as well, I think, as he plays. Because you think of two two damage from each source, what that can really do is in gameplay. When I noticed it, is when my opponent would attack with four or five characters, you can reduce two damage from each character. Mm-hmm. So they have to have some pretty good stats to get any damage through. Yeah, and I think he probably got a little overshadowed because there's another three cost um, super rare with in Ronin in that right. same set. Yeah, that. When you're looking at it at face value, like, well, that's a six cost. This one's a three cost, and I can have four die. Seems a little bit easier. But, I mean, we live in a world where six cost is it's attainable, right? Right. I think, you know, it's interesting. I think the community in general, uh, if it's a control card that's six, there seems to be a negative connotation. It's too hard to attain. It's too, too much to reach for. Uh, if it's a aggressive-type play card, something like uh, that has more of a win condition in it. Uh, Ultraman, uh, maybe the new super rare dark side. Those are turning into, you know, people looking to purchase on turn two, maybe turn three. So really reach for those cards. But if you have something like this, that's more of a defensive, not so much win condition, then there seems to be that thought that, yeah, maybe it's not good enough. Yeah. Maybe it's not worth the yeah, six. And I, I think his ability, if like it doesn't sound great until you look at his stat lines. His defense is a 4, 5, and a 7. So redirecting that 2 from multiple sources actually is pretty viable. Say like you have, you'll never happen, 7 cheetahs from Justice League attack at once. He could absorb all right. of that and then do nothing. Right, and you could do... There's a lot of things that you could do to save him as well. Like if you add him to a turtle van, say I block 
then use the turtle van, redirect everything, all those two, so he's not going to take any damage because the turtle van eliminates damage taken, and then all that goes through, and you can eliminate a field. So there's a lot of things that you can do. All the new ping damage, I They're think. They're all is, one. Even Storm. Storm is, she does it one at a time. Right. So I'm looking at him actually more. He's going to fit onto a number of my teams. I think I'm going to look at getting him out in the field pretty early. He's going to be something I reach for on that turn two, like a lot of players that are, are looking at Ultraman. Do the same kind of thing with this Steve Rogers. It really alters the game. My opponent's going to have to hit me for a lot of damage to nullify this purchase. He's yeah. going to work to get him out of the field. The ping damage is all erased. All of that kind of stuff just really adds up and can allow me to get to my yeah, stuff. Yeah, even like, because if you get him out early game, and I, I, I don't know if you've run into this. I've run into the situation where I'll have like sidekicks, you know, I'll roll two, three sidekicks on turn one or two, and I can't do anything with them because re-rolling them just makes them more sidekicks. Um, and, I'll, you know, I'll have them on the field, and a lot of those times I'm like, well, I should probably attack because I kind of need, you know, more energy to buy something because it's only the second turn of the game. You do that, and Steve Rogers is on the field. You're like, okay, cool, bro. That didn't do anything to me. <laughs> right. And and really, anytime my opponent attacks, nothing is getting through unless it's over three attack. Everything else is redirected to Steve Rogers. Downside is he has one die, so that. So you got. You, I mean, it's yeah. uh, it's a li- like I would. So I was thinking about this draws versus rolls. I think the w- cards that have a fewer amount of max die, those are a little more roll dependent because if you miss it, that thing has to go all the way through your bag yeah. before you can get it again. So it's a little bit more draw, but if you, you have to, if you can get that first roll, it seems to nullify it. Yeah. So. When I was uh, early when he had come out, he was one of the super rare I happened to pull, so I was playing him. And uh, I was playing against Dr. J, and he actually froze him, or it might have been Diego. Uh, one of them froze my with Mr. Freeze, froze him in my prep, and I couldn't ever get yeah, to him because it was the one the time, die. Yeah. So so he froze him, and he was stuck there. So there are disadvantages to the one die, but I, there is a lot of advantage to him. Now, if you're going to go against an Ultraman, obviously you're going to have to have something else to nullify Kryptonite because Kryptonite will we'll blank your Steve yeah. Rogers. So I know when we talk about these kind of things, it... it a lot of competitive players seem to spiral down that well, you'll just kryptonite that. I understand that, but I'll have other things in the field. I'm not just going to try to win a game with Steve Rogers, but he really nullifies a lot of the the tactics, a lot of the attack, a lot of the aggression. You know, you look at um, some of the things that I believe are going to start making a reappearance in the game. Uh, I could be wrong, but I think there's a lot of things that lead to, say, Guy Gardner... Uh, more of that attack rush. Something like Steve Rogers really like nullifies a lot of that. You know, you can take the damage yeah, and you're not going to take too like, much. Yeah, because think, think, even you think about the Guy Gardner um, idea, because usually what makes the Guy Gardner efficient is having a lot of little guys attack early on in the game. So Guy Gardner himself is only a 2, 3, 4 before the buff, right? So say you have Guy Gardner out there and then four sidekicks... If he's going to attack with those four side kicks, Guy Gardner will, will say he's on his level one side. He's going to be a six attack, 
but you're only taking four total when he's attacking with five characters. Right. Um, right. And if, if my opponent attacks with, we'll say five characters that all have uh, four or five attack, which is a pretty good line, right? So I'm looking at four damage from three of them and five damage from two of them. I've nullified that to what, two, four, six, like 10 damage right there if I let it through. Uh, if I block one of those characters with Steve Rogers and happen to have a turtle van, my Steve Rogers lives. I'd redirect all that damage and I'm taking six and I've got rid of all their large stat characters. So he can really nullify a field and alter what my opponent has to do to get a win condition. Mm-hmm. So I know this isn't a, a super popular style of play because a lot of people are worried about getting damage through and, and just attacking. Yeah. Cause this is definitely a slower kind of style. Cause you gotta, right. you gotta get them up and then you gotta go towards closer to what you have a, as a win condition on your team. Right. So what, what I'm doing right now is I, you know, working to get him in the field on turn two or three and then establishing my win condition, whatever that might be. Mm-hmm. And I think there is a lot of options, but, but establishing a piece in your field that allows, you know, that slow pace and your opponent to have to work around yeah. is, you know, anytime I can force my opponent into a decision that alters their play, I think that's your advantage. So when we say, well, there's a counter to this or there's a counter to that, there's a counter to everything in the game. That's the purpose. But if my opponent has to counter my Steve Rogers... So if they, they're essentially countering your counter, that's giving you time. Right. That adds a turn to it, right? So with a lot of the Ultraman counters out there, your opponent says, well, I'll counter that with this. Well, that's, that's fine. But now you've added a turn or two where I can then establish another counter, which in my opinion, that's what I like about the game. I love that counter, re-counter type situation. But Steve Rogers is great. 11th card, like I said, I'm working on him. He's definitely in my my teams right now. But I think he gets overlooked. Yeah. So like so, you said, there's the Ronin yeah. out there. But you add a Ronin to a Steve Rogers. Now you're two <laughs> now you have to have two counters to two different counters to get right. that. And you're just adding that thing. So the one thing I wanted to ask you is when would you want to go the Steve Rogers route versus when you would say you want to go to a Ronin or another kind of damage reducing route? Um, because I, I, I know how we like to highlight the positives, but I want to, you know, there's a reason why it's an 11th card. It's not going to fit on yeah. every team that you want to use. I think you, Steve Rogers doesn't do as great if it's a one punch scenario. If you're playing in a situation or in teams or your meta seems to be swinging with one hammer, Steve Rogers isn't going to be great because he's only going to reduce it by two. So, so pay attention to what you're going to be playing uh, if it's a, you know, a casual yeah. constructed event, if if, if, you, if the build it, tends to be more, more guy gardeners, yeah, more, where more aggro and more speed. Right. If it goes faster, Ronin might be just a little bit better on that side, right? right. Because you can get that Ronin out faster and yeah. get multiple of them. And Ronin's going to take it all away from, I believe, one source, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Steve Rogers is a little bit from each different yeah. source. So kind of have that approach. Do I am I worried about something swinging for twenty, or am I worried about something swinging, you know, four or five guys swinging for five damage? Yeah, and, and like because I I'm even thinking, say you're playing 
why well, I'm talking about Cheetah a lot for some reason. <laughs> She's rotated out. Why? Um, but you know, say you play a lot of metas where everybody plays a lot of Cheetahs. Um, Iron Fist might be a better solution oh, yeah. for that because he's the two cost and you can match in terms of their purchasing. For sure. Uh, yeah. And I think in, in today's game with the things that we have coming out, especially with this Batman set, things like Steve Rogers, Iron Fist, they make a huge impact because all the take one damage, all that is completely nullified. I know I've made jokes around it around here, but like all the White Lanterns, like Iron Fist basically blinks them. Yeah. They do it's, nothing. It's like you did all that work to get one of every energy and my two cost fist just like, eh. Yeah. So pay attention to that. I think it's one of those things like it gets overlooked uh, looked a lot where you say buff everything by one. A lot of players don't think that's a big deal, but it adds up. Sometimes when you that can, one attack makes a huge when difference. When you can el- eliminate two from every source, that makes a, a huge difference. Yeah. Um, so... Did you discover kind of any tips or tricks you want to tell people about in terms of playing with Steve Rogers? Because I know you've been playing around with him a, a lot as a late. So this will be post-Origins, but uh, I've actually been playing with him with the ring, and I believe there's a Shield Ring team out there I'm currently working on, and I still need to work with it. But if you – so basically what you're doing is you're slowing down. You get Steve Rogers out there, then maybe the Rip Hunter – and then, uh, like, Bard, the protection Bard. There's an amazing amount of protection shield characters. So, basically, as you still got to figure out purchase order and which ones go in there, but as you lay it out on the field, it limits anything your opponent can do for damage, and then you add the ring and you swing in and kill them. So, it's a lot of fun. Yep, so that is our 11th card, the super rare Steve Rogers. Um, if you guys have played with it, we want to hear from you. So shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Um, Russ, thank you so much. I mean, I always enjoy these cards because some of, doing some of these regular segments forces us to think outside of our kind of norm, normal aura, and then we find sometimes these great cards that, you know, I mean, you make a good point. It's a six-cost shield, yet everybody's not talking about it, but they're talking about all, all these other six costs and stuff. So I always like highlighting these and just kind of giving you guys a little bit more insight on different ways to play the game. So Because that's the part of the fun, right? Is yeah, hopefully variety. Dr. J will find a way to make this 11th card work since it's yeah. always almost there. Yeah, since it's, it's almost quite there, the quite. Yeah, yeah, we should have probably, probably done it as our meta card of the week or something. Okay, we are here with Jared and Kenneth. How are you guys doing? Really good. Swell. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> wow, you guys. Gee, all... golly, I'm doing good today, Kevin. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> good job, Jimmy Olsen. Um, <laughs> we, this our segment today is one that I think new players struggle with. Sometimes I struggle with. I struggle when, with when, a when lot. I put together teams, and it's maintaining a purchasing curve. Um, so I, I don't know if you guys run into this situation before. I'm like, I really want to make this card combo work, and just start piecing together your team. And then you look at it and like, oh, crap, everything's four cost or higher. 
Uh, that I think that's <laughs> happened to everyone who enjoys brewing at least yep. once or twice. Yep. And and the even worse version of that is what my stepson drafted one time where I don't think he had anything that was under five <laughs> costs. <I remember> that. <laughs> it was like, buddy, you're uh, yeah. wow, that's gonna be an uphill uh, battle for you. Uh, yeah, you may want to put superhero or that that was even before superhero, so it's like yeah, put I, on resurrection and villas packed. Maybe yeah, you'll be able the, to get it. He was so happy the other day when he drafted five Banes in our Batman draft. Yeah, yeah, he was stoked, and it was like, uh, (laughs) "Good job, kid." Everyone likes a a big, tough guy (laughs) hammer. Sure. Do you want to know why I was happy? Because that meant he handed me three fireflies. Yeah, you were sitting next to him (laughs) drafting. Uh, That's why he's grounded. (laughs) (laughs) You gave KT all the fireflies. Um, So, where do we start in terms of maintaining your purchasing curve? So, the one thing that I've struggled with lately with my competitive team is while I'm putting it together. I have three and higher. I don't have a two cost. I didn't have a two cost die on my team except for trusted friend. And you never and, we, buy, and you don't <laughs> buy that die. And so I would run into this issue where on my first turn I'd roll really badly or I'd roll energy types that I didn't have and there was nothing that I could buy. And there were several times that I was practicing that I had to just lose my whole first turn and I was like I have to put a two cost character on this team. Doesn't matter. Really, it almost doesn't matter what it is. I just have to be able to buy something on turn one, and I just got to look at all the two costs and figure out what yeah. what's best. Especially with the rule change for all you old timers, with instead of when you start with three die instead of four, that makes a huge. It difference. does. It you almost, can't, re- you can't oh, yeah. really rely on getting a three cost sometimes because you'll roll sidekicks. Yeah, it almost makes one of your slots have to be a two cost. And a, a lot of the meta teams in the past, they haven't struggled with it because certain two-cost cards are just part of the teams. You know, Constantine was always part of the team. Vultureman Kryptonite's a part of the team. Elf Thief was part of Mask Ring teams. There, there was always a two-cost that yeah. was easy enough to buy. Yeah. So purchase curve was never an issue. But if you're coming up with something new, that's something that you're going to run into. What do you do turn one? Yeah, I, I personally feel like uh, you should have something... And ideally, something that uh, it's going to help you to buy multiples of at like the two, three, and four cost. Yeah. Like each of those prices, you know, going beyond there, if you only have one uh, five cost, one of your six cost die, one of your seven, or however high up you're going, uh, it becomes less crucial. But there's. I like to have four of my eight cost die. Thank you very much. Well, yeah. (laughs) If you do that and you're swarming all the time, then maybe. But uh, the. I run into a lot of times I've, I've run into, you know, not just on those first couple of turns, but later in the game when it's like, okay, I've bought my things, I've got some stuff, I've fielded things, and I have two energy again. Yeah. Crap. Is it, it, you know, is it going to hinder me to buy a second of that thing that I bought on my first turn that it's been, you know, another five or six turns? Should I buy that again? You know, if, if it's something that is only going to clog your bag... That's not a good two cost to have on your team, you know. If if it doesn't make sense as a late game purchase, it gets a little more difficult because I've I've found that the the buy curve really is it's like a bell curve, you know. It it yeah. goes up for part of the game and then it goes back down when yeah. you start getting into the bigger fielding costs, bigger characters. Start saving energy for globals. Yeah. 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 And, and and I always think it's important too because especially with some of these lower two costs, because around here superhero registration act is used. Oh, very often. Yeah, right? excessively. Yeah. 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 So <laughs> too much. Like, like, have have you guys seen this happen? Right. Turn, turn. Well, not turn one, but turn two. Person buys a superhero registration act, 
and then it's your turn. You buy the other superhero registration act, and then the other person buys a superhero registration act. Um, that's usually what happens. But I've learned that on your turn, if you don't buy that other superhero registration act, and they do, and you have a character that you can get on the field early, sometimes that's the that's the game changer right there. Yeah, that can make a difference. Yeah, and lots of times if I don't get to buy the first one, I'll let them buy the second one and then buy something else and then buy the third one afterwards so that I'm putting two characters into my bag when I reload it and then I can buy the superhero and put it in my used pile later. Yeah, uh, and there's always the slight chance, which, well, not slight chance when you're me, that you draw four sidekicks after you reload your bag with two superhero registration acts. Happens to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, in, so in terms of that, so we see our cheap characters and stuff. Um, I always have this problem too: is sometimes I'll get so into my mindset that I like I got all the cheap characters, but I can't make that jump to buying my four or five cost characters, which may be that win condition. I just, I just get stuck in this loop where I'm, well, I, I'll buy the cheap character I, here, here. I found myself in in a similar situation a lot, especially in Golden Age, where I tend to play aggro anyways. You know, and there was Professor X, so I could get tons of energy. You know, after three or four turns of rolling every sidekick I own and probably a big entrance, um, I would have bought all of my cheap characters and then roll like garbage. And I go, well, I've got like 14 energy. And there's Professor X. Like, Professor X is the only expensive (laughs) card I have on the team. What am I going to do? That's that's part of why... um, Apocalypse became kind of a staple on my Bolt Ring teams. It was like, okay, there's a seven cost that is awesome. If my aggro play isn't working or it betrays me by not rolling, I have something that I can do with some of that excess energy that is really strong. Um, so as, as important as the you know two and three cost characters are, I think it's also important to have maybe one or two of a backup plan hammer type card. Yeah, have a seven cost character in there or have a really powerful six cost character to go with it. It's important that you have something that has a big body so that you can stop certain types of win yeah. conditions, overcrush or whatever it's going to be. You need somebody with stats. Yeah. And, and that's why like, I, I think it surprises people when Russ says, oh, when I play, oh, and this isn't golden now, obviously. He's like, when I play aggro, on my team, Blue Eyes is my aggro character, and people are like, "What?" Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. he more than once used utilized uh, purchasing Blue Eyes early to outpace my Bolt Ring team that yeah. was pretty well tuned. Yeah, be- it's, yeah. I mean, the, the yeah. first time he caught me totally off guard, and I was like, "What? What are you doing? You you you're not supposed to hit me for eleven. No, yeah. I'm like yeah. turn three. <laughs> yeah. that's, something's wrong. That's not how that's supposed to work. And but it did, you know." Once I kind of understood what he was doing, I could work around it a little bit better. But it, yeah, but that—that's—I mean—that's—that's yeah. that's kind of that advantage where he's like, "Well, I have these energies, so let's monopolize on." Yeah, it. and like if you play like which whatever your play style is, have a purchase that kind of is outside of that. If you play um, like really hard control, it's good to have some sort of cheap aggro piece that you can pick up when you don't roll what you need to get those strong control pieces. If you play super fast aggro, it's good to have a more expensive, whether it's a hammer or a control piece or something that allows you to shift back to your aggro plan or uh, take take it in a different direction. You know, In modern, Gorilla Grodd is probably the best example of if you, don't, if you have an open spot and you don't have an expensive character, 
throw on that uncommon gorilla grod, and he turns whatever you field it into a win con, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and speaking kind of gorilla grod, I, I like to mention, don't forget about your energy fixers. Those aren't just cards that have globals on them. Yeah, so uh, many times we yeah. see people play Merlin, and they just... All of a sudden, they're controlled to death. They can't get yeah. through. And you're just like, walling up, and you're like, you have an unblockable character. Buy him and attack with him. That's going to be your win con from then on. Yeah. So characters with the, you bring specifically for globals, don't be afraid to buy those. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they can yeah. be really good. That's that's kind of the the old blue eyes rule, you know. Yeah, yeah. Blue eyes had an incredible global that everyone loved, but and people hardly ever bought him. And now we've got you know Merlin who, and Gorilla Grodd's the other one. Yeah, right? the yeah. rare Grodd. Uh, that have really good, strong globals that people aren't buying when they could, and they could do a ton of essentially free damage once yeah. you purchase it. Every time you feel it, it's going to go unblocked unless they have crossover, which has not shown yeah, to be I prevalent yeah, outside yeah. of playing with Green Arrow and Flash. <laughs> yeah, um, I, feel, I like that, the blue eyes rule. I feel like that should be... In the vernacular of the dice message. Yeah. yeah, I wish I'd have come up with it before they rotated it out. <laughs> <laughs> it really frustrates me too because the energy fixer that I use the most is Clayface. Yeah, his ability is garbage. You know, because he copies crossover characters and those aren't used. So he's probably the most useless of all of the energy fixing yeah. cards. Yes, and I'm always like, man, I really want to. I really want a reason to buy him. So I have to wait until I'm come, <laughs> running up against like a White Lantern or a What If character from Deadpool, something. With I don't know. His stats are good types. enough. Yeah, they but are. If, but if I'm you like, run into that, if you run into that situation where that's how much energy you have, his stats are good enough to justify. Yeah, it's true, it, yeah. but I'm I'm running it with characters who are cheaper and have this better stat lines than yeah. he does. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, so. That's why when I was figuring out my dice count for one of my teams, I'm like, well, <sighs> Clayface is only getting one. I'll add the six multiple man over it there. It does make it easier to re- to think, you know, how many dice should I give Clayface? One. You know, you don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. But that's actually something else that you need to think about when you're talking about your purchasing curve. How many dice am I going to give each of these cards? You know, am I going to give my two-cost character four dice? Do I need to give that character four mm-hmm. dice? Yeah. It, like that, And that kind of comes down to, you know, is your plan to rush out a bunch of small bodies? If it is, absolutely. You know, yeah. run four of those two-costs. Um if your plan is to work, if your if your game plan is really in a couple of five cost characters, maybe put two of your two cost. You know, yeah, one one for that early turn if you don't get it, one for a later turn, or two for a later turn if your early if your early rolls work out for you. Um, but yeah, if you're if you're, then that's kind of why I said earlier. You know, if if you've got a two cost that isn't going to help you in the late game. Maybe only roll one. Maybe only yeah. run one of yeah. that die. And actually, that's something that I ran into when I was making my team before the Batman set came out. Was I was like, I need a two cost character on this team, and I looked at all the two cost characters, and there were none that helped my team. You know, I Elf Thief, okay, but I didn't need that energy type. He really wasn't helping me. He really doesn't help as much since PXG's gone, so he's out. Yeah. Oh, I love him, Alfred. I mean, he's okay, but he really doesn't do much other than sit in the field and protect you. And I didn't yeah, need that on my he's team. He's kind of a body, but Overcrush kind of nullifies him pretty quick. Yeah, I was like Kryptonite. It doesn't really help my team that much, so I'm not putting Kryptonite in my team. And then Batman came out, and there's at least one two cost for every energy type, sometimes two. Lots of two-cost cheap characters in this set really, really helped me oh, with yeah. my purchase curve on my team. Oh, yeah. I know that uh, that last week playing um, uh, one of our local guys, Scott, he just basically rushed me with um, Hawk, Hawk Girl. Hawk Girl, yeah. He and had, I was like, and he had, what yeah. is going – like, I 
before I could do any, I, I attacked knowing that I was going to leave myself open, knowing that I was going to lose the next turn. I attacked just so that it wasn't a full on 20 to zero blow. <laughs> I was like, I have to do something. So I basically went for a scratch and I got my scratch and I was okay with it. And I, I lost the next turn like yeah. that, that hawk girl. It's nuts. It's crazy she, fast. She's There's, a 4-4, four, four, I think, on her top side, and she spins yeah. herself up. Yeah, it's it's a crazy strong two-cost. Like, that's one that I could almost see. Like, if you don't have a two-cost character, you know, as long as masks, for whatever reason, like, as long as they're not going to hurt you for some reason to have a mask character, she's a great one to throw on you. There are yeah, no good mask teams. teams in Modern, man. Another thing I've run into is people right? chump blocking with sidekicks, and I was like, oh, Jervis, he's perfect for that. If I can't get my big character through because he's getting chump blocked by sidekicks, you pay that, play for that, pay for that two-cost Jervis, and all of a sudden, the sidekicks yeah. are out of the yeah. field. And that, that Jervis, I mean, that's another kind of pitch to get a two-cost character because that, now you can't rely on sidekicks as your blocker. So yeah. you may need to have a char- character character as a blocker, plus I don't roll sidekicks anyway. Make so. sure it's not an ally because yeah. he'll just take <laughs> yeah. that too. Yeah, but there's there's a lot. Of the, the Nightwing, he's a two-cost from this new set, really solid, and the Parademons are also really solid yeah, two-cost. There's, there's a ton of good two-costs that came out in this set, and there's good two-costs from old sets too. I mean... Yeah, like I, I know you don't like that Elf Thief, but that Elf Thief sometimes is... Uh, it is like, really good. It's just not like, as useful as yeah, it used to be. Yeah, because yeah, Elf I, Thief, I mean... Uh, Miri Riam and Guy Gardner from War of Light are both Absolutely, really yeah. strong yep. two costs that you could slot into just well, Miri is a little bit more niche. You gotta kinda have lanterns built around her. Uh but Guy, you could slide him onto just about any team. Yeah, and if really you don't it's just harder because Constantine got rotated out. Yeah. So Constantine, <laughs> you have to come, uh, up, come up with a good two cost. None of them are gonna be as good as he was, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um so like do you guys have any kind of I, I mean, it's not hard and fast because every team's different, right? But do you kind of have a general count of each purchasing amount type that you try to keep around when you have your teams? As aggro as I tend to play, I usually have... I try to, unless I'm bringing something for strictly a global, like Professor X. Um, in the days of Professor X, I bring one of him. For just about anything else, any other team and any other die... I'm bringing two dice at least. You know, you bring two of everything. That's a total of 16, 16 dice. And you just got to fill in the four. Then you've got four that you can sprinkle throughout. If, you know, if you've got something that's just there for a global, then, you know, that goes to 17 or 16 or, or uh, rather uh, that goes to 15 or 14 dice that are taken up. But mostly I like to have two of them because I've, I couldn't tell you how many times I've bought my lantern ring and it doesn't roll and then I doesn't roll and then it doesn't roll and then I buy a second one and that one rolls. You know that <laughs> I don't believe for whatever that. reason. Yeah, Jared has this theory <laughs> for whatever that, reason that having, lantern rings are the the most consistent action die. It is the, well, the, then the you have never seen me play against Mike Plum. No, I've been, <laughs> I've been practicing against ring teams lately with these guys and I think twenty games, not once has it not rolled the first time. Like it's every single time they roll, it's in the field. I'm like, you might yeah. as well just. Glue but, it to your mat and leave it in the field. But, but in general, my my kind of the baseline is have if, if I want that die in the field, even if it's only situational, I want to have two of it in case one of them just isn't rolling for whatever reason. You know, if if, <laughs> if it's even if it's something that I've got to work up to, and it's like okay, I'm I'm spending six to get this, 
but it is an important piece or it's an important piece in certain situations. I want to have a second one because I'd rather work up to that second one than whether it's a mental thing or it's if jinxes are real, like (laughs) whatever it is, I'd I'd rather be able to buy that second die and put it in the rotation than feel like I'm working uh, that I'm up against a wall with a die that won't roll. Um, Going really aggro as, as a generally aggro player, I tend to, Way my team, I, I tend to put a lot more weight yeah, in like the lower you can't, purchase costs. You can't go wrong with four guy gardeners. Exactly. You know, I in in my old bolt ring teams, it would be like four Miris, four uh, shield agents. shield agents, or four rocket raccoons. You know, I'd I'd go four of the cheap characters because that's what I'm rushing for. Um, that's kind of my always my mindset is I tend to be more aggro, so I put a lot more uh, dice in the lower costs. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we go, um, do you have any any other things you want to mention? Because I, I know this is a harder concept for a lot of new players to learn because you have so many abilities now, so many things, and trying to find that balance of cost um, across your team is kind of a difficult thing. It's the same thing we always say, man. Practice. Yeah. Practice it and figure out what works for you. Something oh. I would encourage is generally if you're newer to the game, when you build teams, try to include one character of every cost from two to six. You know, a two cost, a three cost, a four cost, a five cost, a six cost, you'll notice that every turn you're usually able to buy something with whatever your roll is. If you roll a really bad roll, you should be able to buy something. And then as you get better, you know, you'll be able to brew and say, okay, I don't need a five cost on this team necessarily. And so you can start working around that. But just, you know, play with the different energy types. Make sure you have a range of energy of of costs on your team. And that's going to make purchasing much easier. As an extension to that, especially for new new players, I would try to get uh, various energy types on your team too. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, you get into some of the more tuned stuff. You can focus more on just masks or whatever. But I can't tell you how many times I've uh, seen a new ca- a new player bolt for me, and I'm yeah. trying playing bolt team. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've seen a new player just fizzle their first like three turns. You know, two, three, four turns even because they couldn't roll a fist to buy something on their all fist team yep you know uh are you saying you have, new player or me both yeah <laughs> back when you were new um, <laughs> but if you've got um you know if, if you've got two three cost and two two cost characters if they're all bolts you're kind of asking for trouble if you've got you know a three cost it's a fist and a three cost it's a mask and then you've got a two cost it's a shield and a two cost it's a what's the other one that i'm thinking of that i'm missing uh, bolt shield mask fist fist yeah <laughs> wow i'm so with it today yeah. you know if you've got those each of those kind of in your lower purchase curve then you're not going to have as many of those dead useless rolls yep yeah all right guys thank you so much for talking about this if you guys have any questions and we do i mean and or suggestions for segments because we're always looking for segments that new players have questions about shoot us an email double burst at ktdata.net or leave it on our facebook page facebook.com forward slash double burst okay guys we are here with the brown messiah the ko king and why are you still here dr J. <laughs> I don't know why <laughs> And we wanted to give you guys, um, I think with the time difference, I believe it's still actually going on. Um, Dr. J and I, we just got back from the Origin Game Fair where WizKids has its U.S. Nationals and its World Championship. Uh, We were both there. I know that both Russ and Diego, you guys were watching on the live stream because my phone did not go 
could not like stay silent for more than two seconds. Yeah, I was as wondering. I was like, we're, we must be distracting them so badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was getting messages the entire time, and I'm like, these guys know more about what's going on in that game yeah. than I do, yeah, and it's the, five feet away. Yeah, the, the funny thing is one time I actually had my phone, actually, I, I had it on its ringer, and then it, it was going off all the time, and we were just filling out team sheets. Somebody's like, what's that ringing all the time? It's like, oh, he's just getting a whole bunch of messages right now. <laughs> Um, but so we wanted to give you kind of a little bit of recap on our analysis of this meta because this is the first official dice or whiz kids tournaments tournaments that are in what they call the modern age. We now. have stepped into the age that is modern. Yeah. So it's like Star Trek the next generation. Better and better, just better than the original. <laughs> hey, they're, they're making Star Trek models too now that look pretty sweet. Yeah. Oh, WizKids yeah. is making from Fan Appreciation Day. So, Jared, where, where, where do we want to start? Do we want to start with qualifiers or whatever? I have no earthly idea. Yeah, sure, let's start with qualifiers. Right, okay, let's start so, from the beginning and yeah, go through it. So, for for us people here where Jared just beat everybody on the double burst yeah. team to get his qualifier, <laughs> I had to qualify for Worlds. So, I didn't, ha- I didn't get a U.S. national qualifier um, the way it worked, too, is if you're in U.S. Nationals, you, at the very minimum, have four of the eight required points yep. to get to it. If you're in the top half of the of the bracket, you get a full qualification. Anybody below it, you got to go qualify one more time. So that meant I had to get eight points somehow. Yep. <laughs> and I don't think anybody here believes it, but I was like, well, I'm just going to have to do two of these Two of these t- qualifiers to get it. And so you went and cashed saved. in however much it would cost to play in two qualifiers. Yeah, I bought two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so did you only have to play in two qualifiers? I thought you, you had... only had to. You only had to really play in one. one. So if you got yeah. first place in a qualifier, you got an invitation to Worlds. If you got second place, you got half. So you got four points instead of the eight. Yeah. So so, so if you were like up in the topper half, you got four points, but in the bottom half, you didn't get any points. Yeah. Right? So okay. so so my whole idea was to get second twice. <laughs> Yeah, so in the qualifier, you had to get first or second place, and they were okay. pods of eight. Oh, yeah. okay. And, yeah. the, and on the first qualifier days, there were actually pods of 16 because they're so, that was all they were running. They weren't running nationals or world. But they the split it up into yeah. eights, right? And then yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, so in a pod of 16, two people got first place, two people got second because they just did three rounds and best of three. Were there other prizes in those pods? Uh, winner gets a random per- participation or one of the prizes. Yeah, yeah, one of the I, one of yeah. the foil prizes. Yeah, I know I got a foil rocket raccoon from that. So that day in I was like, okay, I'm I'm gonna just try to win two of these. Two of these. Um it was it was super interesting because I sit down, first person on I play and I'm like, I am so boned. Cause I'm like, hey, <laughs> hey, I, I'm Kevin, nice to meet you. And he's like, I'm Stefan. I'm the German national ca- champion. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> Talk about a first first match up there. <laughs> I was like, um, but that was an awesome match. And by the way, can I say foreign language cards are so cool? Oh man, <laughs> like, they really are. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was awesome because ha- so he half his team is kind of English cards, and then he had a couple foreign language ones. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we played a we played a match, and um, I managed to beat him. So I'm like, okay, I got one. I, I'm like at this point, Jared saw me. I was that's not how I normally play dice masters. I was just yeah. In a, all right. One game at a time. This is what I need to do to win. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try to get and through it, was, it all. And it was okay in the end because he already qualified, obviously, by winning yeah, the, the German, German national, national championship. Yeah, yeah. So he was just kind of testing his team, <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah, he was testing. It was testing a new diff- um, team out. So that that was great. And as, as I went on, I'm like, okay, I, I won two, and then to the third one, I'm like, okay, if I if I can win this, I only need to do, go through this gauntlet one more time. 
So I won that, and then when we went to the last match, um, oh, that was an epic match. It was it was pretty balanced. I was playing against the Guy Rush team, and I was playing the Mask Ring team, and just somehow managed to or got a win. Well, <laughs> uh, well, the guy that you were playing, his name is Ben, yeah. and he's yeah. he, he was a really cool guy. We really got to know him throughout the convention. They sat down. KT won one. Yeah, he won, he won the one. second one, and then there and were, he was like, he was well, like, I've already qualified, qualified so, <laughs> so like, I'll just that's pretty you know, sweet. He's the like, last one. I don't, I don't want you to go through this, through this thing again when I, you know, I yeah, gained exactly. nothing from it. So, <laughs> so we we left it at fifty fifty because I'm like, okay, now now we just have to meet each other <laughs> in worlds to to see who actually is the um, who who can win that matchup. So. That was cool. I qualified. That took, I'm not going to lie, that took a huge load off mm. my back because I'm like, well, if I don't qualify, I, <laughs> what am I doing for the yeah, rest right? of the weekend? <laughs> my, my, my take on it was I'm going to gamble and try to get into the top half of U.S. Nationals. So if you get into the top half of U.S. Nationals, then you qualify for Worlds. If you get in the bottom half, then you get the half of the points, the four points. And I was sitting there the whole time. I was debating. I was like, do I want to play in a qualifier? Should I play in a qualifier? And in the end, I just I was just like, I, I was going to, and then we had something we were going to go do. Like Kevin got invited to some other convention. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, I don't have time. I'm just going to see how I do tomorrow. And then if I don't do well, then I'll play in a qualifier uh, afterwards, which I wouldn't have had time to do that. So, yeah. well, you at least killed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so, so I think that, that was a lot of fun, though, being on the other side because I was. Uh, super jealous of you guys just being mm -hmm. at Origins. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you didn't have to focus on just Dice Masters, I think I increased my communication and was trying to see everything that you guys were doing, <laughs> where you were going, what other games. I Can't hope you just put on the glasses and I can <laughs> yeah, see no, through them? Yeah. Just to start live streaming <laughs> us yeah. for here. Yeah, why, why can't you just wait like everybody else for my vlog that's going to come out? Because I was filming everything. <laughs> I, I had enough courtesy to send you the food we are eating. Because I really wanted to see the <laughs> Hero Realms campaign game. Oh, I wanted awesome. to see so much oh, yeah. other stuff and just... Wanted to be there. Yep. So. Yeah. So so that was Thursday. Um, mm -hmm. And if you guys wonder what we had to go to, keep an eye on ktdata.net. We'll have a video out for that pretty soon. Yep. Um, and then Friday was the U.S. National Champions, um, where Jared had already qualified. Dun, 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 dun. And the funny thing is, <laughs> we may have unintentionally cut the line. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. So when you're going up to the booth, there's like this long line of people lined up like down the side, but there's mm -hmm. no one standing yeah. in front of the registration yep. booths. And so I'm just like walking, yeah, walk well, up to the registration booth for Dice Masters, <laughs> and I'm like, Jared Quist here for the U.S. Nationals. And he was like, types my name in. Okay, you're good. And then Kevin's like, I think that was the line <laughs> behind. So, so, so if anybody saw that, we apologize. To we totally did not notice that. But I think most of them were Heroclix players because the next day when we went for Worlds, we stand at the back of the line and we're like, I don't recognize any Dice Master players in this line, so we just walked up past them and, and did it again. But yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty sweet day with the U.S. Nationals. I got super lucky with uh, the teams that I ended up playing. Uh, my first team, my first game was against a. Was it a Guy Rush team? I think it was against a Guy Rush team. Yeah, and uh, I ended up winning that one by the skin of my teeth. Like, it was really, really, really yeah. close. Yeah, it came down to you not mathing right and somehow your dice liking Oh, you. yeah, yeah. Okay, so it was Craig. <laughs> That's who it was. So, yeah, Craig, he made he made the top eight. Uh, he was a really, really solid player, and I made a stupid mistake and got saved from it. 
So I, I rolled my doomsdays and I had a level seven or I had a level three and a level one and I think a level two. So I had to pay three to field them. And I was like, oh, man, did I, I don't have enough masks, do I? I'm not going to be able to f- afford to field because I, I was like looking at the dice on the table and everything. I had two sidekicks in the field. I had a couple like one mask I could use for the trusted friend global. And so I'm like, I, I can't win this turn. So I'm like, I'm going to reroll the level three doomsday and try to get it on level two because that'll win me. And I reroll that, get it back on level three. And I'm like, all right, whatever. So I use trusted friend on both of his characters, field them. I'm sitting there and I've got one energy left over and a psychic in the field. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got an energy fixer global. (laughs) (laughs) Spin it out, field the level three doomsday and it had enough to win. And he was like, I saw it. And when you re-rolled the doomsday, I was like, I was like, yeah, do it. <laughs> and then I re-rolled it on that same level and it saved my bacon because I wouldn't have been able to win if I had re-rolled it on any other level. So I got saved from my own stupidity. Uh, and so won that one. The second game uh, was actually dumb luck too. So I was playing against another guy ring, another guy team. And they be hearing a theme that's coming up. Oh, yeah. And the guy, the guy that I was playing, he was really good. Um, but he, I think he got a little frazzled and it was towards the end. I had like three doomsdays in the field and he'd locked them there. You know, I couldn't get them out of the field to refield them. And so I'm like, well, nuts to this. I'm going to go the kryptonite route. I buy a kryptonite, try to roll that. It doesn't roll. I buy another one. And then finally it rolls and I get a bunch of masks and I'm like, okay, trusted friend, trusted friend, trusted friend, all of his characters. And then blanked his clay golem. So he couldn't redirect any damage. And I attacked and the double burst side on kryptonite makes it so superhero super friends can't block so i just went through unblocked Mm. but he could have beaten me the turn before because he had casey jones in the field and i had one character that was not a sidekick or a villain in the field and i think he looked at my field and just said i can't get past that wall and actually the turn after that i was like I had batman in the field and i'm like flip batman like at the start of my turn i was like i'm totally giving this away but I flipped my Batman. I think when I did that, he was like, I could have won last turn. Oh, and so man. I was really, really lucky that second game. Uh, the third game, I played the Shield Ring team that ended up winning the, the, the Worlds. Um, it was piloted by a different guy, uh, but still the, same, the exact same team. It was a mirror team. And I ended up winning that one. Again, it was really, really close. Like All these games were really, really close. Like I had like three life left at the end of all of them. Um, that one was really, really fun. After we were done, I, I was like, that is such a cool team. I hope that you do well. He ended up getting into the top four. Um, then my fourth game was against a bolt ring team, and I beat that one pretty handedly. It was really quick. And then my last game was against a, a mask ring team, and mask ring teams were what wrecked me so, <laughs> in the whole competition. Well, that was right, one team so, I could not beat. So overall, you went four and one. In, in the, Swiss, yeah. In Swiss, and then you faced ring team, bolt, or I should say mask ring. Yes, mm-hmm. mask ring. And then Saturday, worst, as, as a spectator on the side, it was like <laughs> yeah, it was the worst hard. possible scenario for Dr. J, mm-hmm. especially considering the amount of other teams that were in the field. It was mask ring, mask ring, mask ring, mask ring, which for lack of a better term, was kind of the kryptonite to your team. Yeah, exactly. Right? And it's specifically the Raven. 
Yeah. So that was kind of yeah. and, unfortunate, and, just and, kind of what happened. And, and so you want to know in our Swiss rounds, and this is probably the knife in it too, both Jared and I, we were not doing well. I got to buy one of the rounds. So I this was is like, for Worlds, right? Yeah, for right, for yeah, Worlds. Yeah, this is on Saturday. We're, we're playing our Swiss rounds in Worlds, and um, I get the buy, so I'm like, crap, I'm I'm getting out of the zone because that's like an hour right. of me not playing Dice Masters while everybody yeah. else is. Um, and then we go look up at the pairings, and it is the one thing I did not want to do at Worlds me and is him. play Jared. Uh. Yep. I'd already lost to two masquerading teams at that point. I didn't want to play Kevin's masquerading team, but I ended up playing that. He ended up stomping me, of course, because there was nothing I could do. So let me really ask nothing I could do against that team. Let me ask you both: um, Were your guys' matches in, in in all of them? Um, were they kind of like a back and forth sort of a thing, as far as like live points and like live totals were going, um, or was it like like was it a slugfest, or was it kind of like a like we had last year, where you built up and then you kind of shoved through with everything? So else? for my first two matches, they were races. It was because I was playing again. I, oddly enough, first round of Worlds, I played seven again, and I'm like, oh. How you doing? This is this is going to be interesting. He played an entirely different team. He played his uh, bolt ring team, and it just came down to which one of us could get the ring out first, and which one of us could spin it, get enough of our respective energy types in the field to do it. Um, the the second round, same thing. Played uh, another bolt ring team. Thinking about it, um, with against uh, I think it was Stewart, um, and. It, we both of us were like, yeah, we're just racing. We're just mm-hmm. racing to see who can get it first, and he managed to get it on me one turn before. Yeah, most of my most of my games were slugfest, back and forth, back and forth the whole time, and that's because of the way my team is made. I mean, when I played the mass green teams, it was basically I sat there, tried to get the Ravens out of the field. It never worked because she's uh, she's weighted, and she always rolls on the character face when she tried to re-roll her with Batman. <laughs> I, I told think. you to take out the magnets, <laughs> man. <laughs> But and, and then they would just end up rolling a bunch of masks and hitting me for 15, and then it's just the five leftover damage, and I really didn't damage them. My other games, though, against the guy rush teams and stuff were both aggro teams, and so I'd hit him, they'd hit me, I'd hit them, they'd hit me, or even the bolt and shield ring teams. But with Doomsday, I'm able to keep their field kind of clear, so they're doing like three damage here, three damage there, because they have to field a character and then roll the energy on the same turn. And so it was really kind of a slugfest back and forth, back and forth. And I think that's why all my games ended with me at like three life or two life. I, yeah, that was the one of thing. One of the things that I noticed um, watching the stream for Worlds is that both, most all of the matches were pretty evenly matched. Everything was going back and forth, back and forth, and it was really, really, int- it was really fun to watch. You know, it was probably some of the funnest dice masters I've, I've been watching um, in a long time. Whereas last year, it was just bard, 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 bard. You build up and then you swing through for yep. the last of it. Yep. So there were some overall themes, right? I mean, we had so, a yeah, yes. large number of guy. Yeah, I'm, a lot of guys. So, I feel like so, someone locally, someone within the group was. <laughs> Made a prediction on a uh, guy. Can being you turn his microphone off now? <laughs> we don't need to hear. I'm sorry. What, what, yeah, we don't need. I feel, to like I, I feel like I remember that. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel, <laughs> feel like that. The other thing that was really surprising to me was the lack of protection, other than mass green teams, so, which had Raven. So I think that's actually the result. So um, enough of us, of us talking about our actual individual matches. You guys are wondering, what did we see in terms of the meta there? Absolutely. Guy Gardner was huge, mm-hmm. and rings were, were probably the second. Now, like it was- I want to insert a little caveat here. Guy Gardner was huge 
in Nats, in yeah. U.S. Nationals. He was nowhere near as prevalent in, in worlds. worlds. Yeah, and I think that is due to everybody thinking about the Ultraman threat that there were like were two so Ultramans. There were like two Ultramans yeah. in Nats, and so I think they were thinking people are going to be taking that too big to fly off their team or whatever their Ultraman mm-hmm. counters off their yeah. team. Uh, every, Most of them yeah. didn't. Yeah, every, <laughs> every, every team in the qualifiers and in Nats had some kind of anti-Ultraman tech in it. And that actually, and you know, going to the point, Guy Gardner is actually a pretty decent Ultraman tech because Ultraman right. teams mm-hmm. for the first one or two turns usually have open fields. And, and they and, usually don't field a lot of yeah, characters. And, and Guy Gardner's like, I like that so much. So yep. it reminded me a little bit of our WKO that we had uh, with uh, we had the, the players from Arizona came up and all that, uh-huh. where everyone built for anti beholder. It was anti beholder, beholder and and Ultraman. and there were two of them played. Yeah, <laughs> it, it kind of yeah. reminded me of that. Like mm-hmm. everyone's gunned up and ready for. Oh wait, it's a wide open field. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Everything <laughs> comes down to matches because a lot of it came down to matches. Well, I think that shield ring team was pretty awesome, and the piloting. Yeah. So tell everybody Victor a little bit at home who hasn't seen the videos on what kind of that was on that shield team. Was so team. awesome. Uh, so giant spider, uh, and Namorita, I think were big. So I, I will say this: if you flesh golem was, if on you are there. a new player. Specifically, I think it's very important to watch that match. That was some of the most exciting piloting and, for lack of a better term, basic dice masters, right? Because it was, they had no ramp, so it was four dice every turn, and it was basically Guy versus Namorita and a lot of piloting and globals. So while their, their dice that they'd purchased and the, what was in the field was super simple characters, like not necessarily major combos or anything like that. The piloting was was next level. It was more of, I'm not going to purchase this because it's not going to give me what I want. I need to keep this mm-hmm. for globals. And it was very skilled in that way. And I think that's Dice Masters is his best because it was... It wasn't necessarily, oh, I've got Bard that gives everything plus 16, so I'll just swing in. It was it was fun because it was that guy that is the aggro, and it was the Namorita that when she knocks yeah, out so, a character, yeah, so, non-shield character, so, yeah, goes she, to the goes With, with combat damage, yep. she goes to the use pile, so it's kind of so, almost a right. mm-hmm. Very modified what, version of Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, So and, or Cyborg, the common yeah, Cyborg. Yeah. And it's a, such a great counter to guy yeah because guy has to attack low defense and that name rita knocks it's just like that perfect and i think that's why it did so well while the pilot and everything was great uh I, both both pilots that ran it it just had that that counter yeah that right? slight edge that, yeah. to it yeah so so the whole team was actually giant spider uh rare uh rip hunters chalkboard uh name rita the uncommon as we said the rare Dwarf Wizard, Lantern Ring. Uh, I can't quite tell, but I believe it's the common Rip Hunter. Yes, it's um, common Rip Hunter. The yeah. rare Cyborg, and then the common Kal-El with the global uh, that you can flip attack and defense. All the games that I saw played, I don't know that I ever saw that Rip Hunter purchased once. Yeah, I, he did in the finals. Oh, yeah. And uh, actually, both 
both players, this is, I love two out of three because both players adjusted as they went. Yeah. And it was so great to watch. And, and as it progressed to that game three, it really just came down to bare brass tacks. My name, Marita against your guy and the globals and let's play. And, and sadly enough, like it, the last two turns made me realize no matter what happens in a game, sometimes this is just pure, pure luck. luck of the well, like pure luck. Cause the role before the final, I, I didn't do the math cause I couldn't see exactly, but I think, uh, he could have won. Um, Kraus, I think he could have won that turn, but he got double bursts on his Mary. Cause double, he could have energy. Yeah. yeah. Cause he could have filled the guy. Then Mary bought guy and filled the guy. So we could have had two guys and a Mary. And then Victor's turn. He, he rolled that one extra sidekick. So it was, they were playing s- s- so simple in, in what they were buying. It was so vital. The roles that, like it was, if I roll, I win worlds. If I don't, and I don't. Well, and it was it. also like, <laughs> yes, oh, I noticed, I noticed and, and, that also. And the thing is, you guys didn't see it on the on stream. The stream. <laughs> it was but, so but, kind of funny to yeah, watch that yeah. last two rounds. Yeah, as, as Victor was rolling the last dice, um, Alex is sitting Alex there. He's like the, shielding his eyes. Yeah. Like I don't, don't, I don't yeah. want to look. He, he even like stood up, stood like, up and like <laughs> took a like a walk like yeah. five feet behind the table he, he and was, came back. Yeah, he literally was standing up at that when, when he was rolling the dice because he's like I just I can't sit here. It was intense. Oh, it was intense it was, to watch on stream. It was awesome. A lot of the games on stream were a lot were really really like that where everybody did such a great job of being able to pivot um, and being able to adjust to what what their opponent was doing and everything and and congrats and you know hats off to all of you guys who played on stream because you played excellent games um i was really uh rooting for diane i played against her when we were in florida and she was just one energy short from her game and i was just yeah if you you guys were watching the matches she's the one who has the doctor who um weeping angels that's the thing that was incredible (laughs) about the whole competition like every uh, at every level every game i was like every single one of these teams deserves to win the championship. Yeah. Every single one of these teams were, yeah. could have won yeah, the championship. There were no easy games. Like I all that that is something to super emphasize is like whoever like if you made a mistake, your opponent would monopolize on it and you just had to be super, super careful playing. Well matchups were so yeah were so important. Like mm-hmm. you, Dr. J with the math with the mask ring, there were things that countered other teams and teams that countered other teams. So it was kind of that's why I found it it's so amazing when it came down to the finals and I could be overanalyzing, but when it came down to the finals, it was just two very basic teams that kind of, I wouldn't even say basic. Mm -hmm. They were, you know, well-defined in what they needed to do to play. But there wasn't, you know, we talk about ramp and churn and all that and, and they had chalkboard, but there wasn't, like they weren't worried about. It was a lot of getting yeah. attack and block, yeah. attack and yeah. block. Right, so, and that's yeah. what I mean by basic. The yeah. teams so, were so, really so, awesome. So, so very yeah, yeah. What you're trying to say is the mechanics actually were, you know, you distilled them down to, right. to the super, super, super raw. Um, right. Mechanics. Yeah, it was very so they, some very, yeah. very raw it games like with, without the lean. use of like PXG, without the things right. like blue eyes. Like once you take all of these elements out of it. And you can slow down the game a little bit. It really becomes a it, lot of just. Fle- I think that what fleshes out what they want dice masters they, to be. Yeah. yeah, they were the kind of teams that you could give two completely new players, and they could play a couple of games and understand how those teams were supposed mm-hmm. to work really easily. 
You know, you don't have to tell them you want to do this global on this turn. You want to do this global on that turn. It's like you want to buy this guy and you want to buy that one, you know, and then you want to get this ring thing and you want to get your ring thing. And that's pretty much it. Like it's just attack and block after that and, and hoping you roll right. And that was what was so, so great about the competition. Like you were saying, Russ, it was all about the matchups. You know, I the only team that I lost to that wasn't a mass green team was the champion team and my roles were so horrible in that game that he he apologized, he apologized at the end. Yeah. he was like i'm so sorry i don't like winning a game like that because of such bad roles and i was like you know a win's a win and and you deserve it and i was really happy for him that he ended up winning the whole thing but i could have beaten that team you know and i did beat that team earlier i could have beaten the guy rush teams i could have beaten you know anything but the mass rings the mass greens could beat my team. And then those guy teams are really good against the, the, the mass green teams and the other teams. And so it was like this weird, like triangle, like rock, paper, scissors, almost whatever your team is, it's going to be hard countered by this other team, but it's going to be really good against this other team. And it was really fascinating to see uh, just how that ended up, how those like few teams ended up distilling out and coming. Yeah. To I was like very that. impressed very with reminiscent. the pilots, especially in the championship and, and what they did, uh, we know I like to run lean. So when they would pass on purchasing and worry about globals and what they could do and thinking ahead and instead of just clogging their bag, uh, you know, and Alex had to wait, you know, if he had bought guys just to to sit there, it, it would have caused him problems. He needed Mary to help him field those guys at the right time. And the dice didn't really work, but, but watching those two pilot was so entertaining got the butterflies got the adrenaline going and i i was just like oh man what what are they gonna do and it, it was a lot of fun another I, fun thing about the competition was there were a few wild card teams in there that yeah. just were just like one-offs i mean my team was a one-off but also there was uh, alex rodriguez from oh yeah from arizona, from arizona. he had just a team that was nothing yeah. like anything el- anyone else had brought other than dark side and a couple of the other yeah. teams had dark side on and, it, but the dark side was in the center of it. And then shout out for Alex. Mm, sorry, Jared, but my no. favorite match in the whole tournament. <laughs> 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 like, and and this, this was in the top 32. That was a fun match. He had an amazing team. So it relied on using the uncommon parademon to deal damage, but he didn't buy it straight off what he did, especially against my mask green team. He had brought, what was the basic action? Um, uh, long live the resistance. resistance, which has pay a mask, prevent um, a while, uh, when attacking or, or when fielded ab- when attacks okay. ability. Yep, yep, ability. So that nerfed my team, and he played it masterfully against me. Like, dude, was, like he would sit. Like, this is probably unheard of. Most people, he was sitting on 10 plus mask energies almost every turn playing against me oh, just so I could do zero damage to me. And I think he felt sorry. He had the kind of team that damage. if he <laughs> sat down across from a, a ring team, he was basically like, I've Whatever. got this. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause, cause he locked down the rings. There was nothing they could do against him. And, uh, he, he went a long way. He did really, really well that day and rings made up. I don't know, 75, 80% of the teams that were there. Yeah. I, I do like, that was my, I do like the evolution that we have been a, been seeing now that we have three worlds in, in our back pocket um, where we see the first worlds. It was kind of like we don't really know what's kind of going on and, yeah. and bring. And then the second one, you know, it's all just, you know, bland paper cut. This year we have 
it's that return to yeah, kind of a little more of the really, wild west. It's a really, really, really nice to see that. And and you know, like all of these like different wild card teams. Like I was really, really stoked that you did so well at, at Nats with with Doomsday. I, know, I was like, because yeah, I was, I was too. <laughs> because because see, I played against that team, and it's just so unique and it's so different from everything else that you you kind of see out there. And you know, it's kind of popular within the meta. So um, it makes me really happy to see all of this happen. And it was just and you know, again back to the piloting, just amazing yeah. piloting going. It was, on. It was, yeah, the ring really. I wish it was not there because I think that opens it up mm. so much more. But I can't go against people that want to play ring because it does add, especially for like control. That I, I think like he's to play just trying adds. to be nice to me. <laughs> no, it, no, it. it, it he's trying so to be nice my shield ring team that I'm working on, which is actually completely different than Victor's team. It's a control team in some ways, but the ring kind of allows a win condition, mm-hmm. which we know I struggle with at times. And, you know, if Wonder Woman would have come out before this, that I yeah, that would have totally you see ring teams. changed yeah, everything. That, sure. like, it, it actually probably would have made that mask team <laughs> yeah, even stronger. Even better. Yeah, I mean, it's... Every single ring team would have just had a dwarf wizard on it. <laughs> right, but, but it would alter... Yeah, it would have altered, altered play. You yeah. know, and we see that, that one card... Because I think what happens is we get so worried about cards and then we put in counters and we figure out counters and then everybody's completely scared of, of running that right because i think ultraman could have still done okay i think some did okay but <clears throat> i think it's important as players to remember i think it's a hard game to net deck not not that i it is now, right? Yeah. At this mm-hmm. point, right now, with the modern format, it is. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, based on this weekend, I feel like we were we are just scratching the surface with Batman. Mm-hmm. Oh I my think, goodness! Oh, yeah. so, I think there it, is so many things in there that, like, yeah. And that so that was interesting too because oh. we we were actually talking to Andy England and he had no Batman cards on his team because that just came out. A week ago in, in yeah. the UK, and he's like, I can't. I mean, I could proxy and practice, but I, I just can't risk not that that chance that I couldn't get this card. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he ran a team like that. So it's kind of interesting to see how some of the other countries and what they have to kind of figure out too, because when they're coming here, it's an entirely different meta than what you see uh, anywhere else, especially that since the US, of course, you know, we get. The releases first so sometimes we have more time to practice and you know we're guaranteed to have the cards yeah. when we need them well i think we yeah. what what happens is you get you get playing you get ideas then you see someone else doing something and then you tweak a little bit so that's what i mean i think we're just scratching the surface there is some stuff there i know for myself i think i've narrowed it down to f- four Maybe five competitive teams you, you at this keep, point. You keep the, your mitts off that Harley. <laughs> so and then, no, I got a sweet Harley team, by the way. But hush, like I, I'll just say there is lots there, and based on this weekend, I think. There's I know I'm not a dark side fan, <laughs> but there is still. I think we're just starting to figure out what dark side can do. Yeah, he's he's not himself necessarily a win condition, but he is a way to get to a win yeah. condition if you can yeah. plan for it right and he's like he's an ultimate he's like a supplement and like yeah. a support like yeah. almost kind of like what pxg was to like get your ramp going or and whatever. i'm i i assume that we'll see a lot of namorita mm. right because guy is back and namorita is a amazing counter to guy 
Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a mm-hmm. three-cost shield, and it's not like it's only against Guy, but that Guy Rush, if you can get Guy into the used pile, which we've seen with your Doomsday, if you get stuff in the used pile, it really it, it, it messes things, things up, up. Yeah. especially if you don't have churn with your Guy. So it's, man, a lot of, yep. lot so, of stuff coming yeah, out so of this. It is, like, so I, 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 I love how you started that because we actually were talking to some people. Um, I was actually at the Heroes Realms booth, and the guy was like, oh, Dice Masters, you know, I play kind of casually at home and stuff. And he, he asked me, so how is the meta? Is it just like super cutthroat? Everybody just plays the same thing? And I'm like, no, this, this has made the meta so varied, so engaging that you could bring something and it's not going to be like the next guy and it's still going to be competitive on that mm-hmm. level, give you that experience. And um, this is, I mean, I think this is making Dice Masters shine like and, at its core, and I honestly think that if they, if they're able to 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 hold off on putting out another card that is like the Bard, you know, because the Bard was just good in every every way. Yeah, you couldn't go wrong. You threw it on any team. It yeah, it's like it's like if you just changed one little thing about it, any uh, any way you choose, it's not an overpowered card. But it just the way it was yeah, written, it was, it just was a perfect storm if of they everything. Don't, if they don't print out another card like that, I think that's the way it'll stay, because. You, we saw it. People were going into this thing thinking Ultraman was unstoppable, and obviously he wasn't because people he, were bringing. Everyone had too big to fly. They're going guy rush, and Ultraman ended up really not doing very well. Yeah, and so, but then every other team had a counter to it, and I'm just like, the meta is really healthy right mm-hmm. now, and I hope it stays that way. Well, I, and I know everybody's going to be thinking, well, Ring is that, but there's some counters coming out to the Ring yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, that are gonna all yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, we could talk about this all day. Um, but we're already going along. But before we go, I just wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you for all of you guys who are at Worlds, Nationals, Regionals, especially those guys who came up and talked to us and said, hey, we, we love the show. Um, I, I told everybody this. Like, I, I honestly think everybody on the team, nobody else hears the show yeah. <laughs> outside us first. So that was um, super nice. We appreciate it. And if I did not extend the invite out, to you guys if you guys are ever in utah seriously just let us know and we'll make sure we can meet up and just hang out even if you don't want to play dice masters we'll, we're still open to meet up um and like i can't I, so many names and i've told everybody <laughs> i'm bad with names so i'm not going to mention in every, anybody but all of you guys you guys rock um i really think that i'm i'm it's going on my calendar next year origins is going to is going to be a place where i'm going to yeah be. i definitely yeah, I'm, think i'm going to make it back this i'm going to make it next year for sure. Yep. So if you guys have any questions or if you want to reach out or if you want more specifics, because I think Jared and I spent a fair amount of time in the WizKids booth. Oh, my God. I mean, we didn't even talk about Fan Appreciation Day. Thanks for the super red dark side, by the way. And I would just like to, to say really quick, thank you, WizKids, for taking the time to answer our questions yes. afterwards. They, they were really good. There were a lot of concerns from the Dice Master community. And the people at WizKids, they took the time like 45 minutes to just yeah. sit there and talk yeah, with they us. Didn't, they didn't have to, to stay. We got out like 10.30 yeah. out of that and, that, and it started at 8.30, so they stayed longer than they had to. And, yeah, big props to Kyle and everybody else on the crew who ran there. They ran a super smooth event. Um, WizKids is one of the largest gaming area booths at Origin, so that's no small feat that they managed to make it just run smoothly like that. So big props to those guys um, and keep up the good work. And like I said, if you guys have any questions or anything, shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Um, 
And guys, thank you so much. Um, we got to get out of here. And that's it for this episode of the Double Burst Podcast. We would love to hear from you guys. Have you used the Super Rare Steve Rogers before, or how do you maintain your purchase curve? Let us know. Shoot us an email, doubleburst at ktdata.net, or leave it on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash doubleburst. Check out doubleburst.com for past episodes, places to subscribe so you automatically get this show, and some cool player resources. Big thanks to Game Haven Sandy for giving us a place to record. If you guys live in Utah, make sure you check them out. If not, check them out online at yourgamehaven.com. Of course, big thanks to everybody who listened and everybody we met at Origins. All of you rock. And until next time, my friends, may your dice rolls be ever in your favor. Mm-hmm.